1: What's going on, listeners? Welcome to the latest episode of River City 93, brought to you by Roughneck Scars, Icarus FC, and of course, for the culture. On today's episode, we're going to be doing a review of the Handy Derby, if it was a Snorfest or not, and give you a preview for our upcoming game against another set of birds in Union Omaha. Joining me is my guest as always, Mr. Matt Myers and Duran II. How are you doing, guys? Doing all right. You
0: sure it's not uh, Shanier Myers and uh, Matt Duran?
1: <laughs> it probably is. It probably is. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, yo. That was like one of the funniest days on the V. Um, <laughs> because I was watching the they game. Like,
2: Guess he didn't
0: catch it.
1: Oh, yeah. So if you watch the game, I think it happened around like the 30th minute mark. I think 30 or 35. But. Pretty much they were talking about what uh, me and Kyle have been working on for Featherstone and River City 93. And the announcer yeah. said Cal Barr. And everyone was just like, who? <laughs> like,
2: who is this guy?
1: Yeah, so Cal Barr is the a strange person who runs the Henny Darby. Funny thing about him, he is a 54-year-old doctor in New Jersey that runs a dentistry. And my dog wow. is barking because she agrees with me. So yeah. Yeah.
0: There are other options. To who he is? I mean, they're all white dudes, but there's other options. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's how you get the credit check straight. That's how you get the credit check. Straight. <laughs> but going into this game, man, how were you guys feeling? I mean, of course, we're gonna talk about the game and everything like that. But how were you guys feeling before the game? Like, how was how were you guys feeling about the game beforehand?
3: Uh, to be honest with you, I was, I mean, of course, it was the Henny Derby. I was, I was really looking forward to it. I was, I was up for it. I was ready to roll. I was, I, I thought there was going to be, you know, fireworks and it was going to start off big. And especially to know that, you know, basically the players of both teams have kind of embraced the Henny Derby that you and I, Elliot, created basically. Um, especially you, you're, you're the one who placed the, the, the Henny bottle bet. But, um, you know, I, I, I and, and the game started off that way. It started off high octane. Everyone was pushing to win the ball. Everyone was, you know, pressing hard and everything. But, but I, I mean, I was excited for the start of the game. I was excited to see, you know, to see the kickers go up against those pink birds in the north again.
2: Yeah, I was looking
0: forward to it. Uh, you know, myself, I didn't really know what to expect. You know, in terms of you know the game it itself, I thought, I think you know we talked about it last time the teams match up very well, you know, with each other with where their strengths lie. I think we saw that play out. You know, over the of course of the ninety minutes. Uh, you know, so while watching the game, there were a little bit of you know tense moments. Uh, you know, certainly, as a result, you know, those are the kind of games you you like. I mean, certainly, don't get me wrong. I enjoy the games where you know you're going to go in and just beat down the other team. Those are fun sometimes, but more often than not, you know, being able to have competitive games is probably long-term more enjoyable as a fan.
1: Yeah, and I mean, generic. you talked about it earlier before we got on the podcast about how Swanson pretty much kept in the lineup as from the previous game. You can kind of see you know, the continuity of it work, and I think now we got a good system of, good idea of what Darren system is, regardless of formation. It's pretty much Break on the counter, sit back and soak up pressure, and that pretty much see the mo for the rest of the game. What you guys think about that?
3: Yeah, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. With regards to the, um, with regards to the lineup, um, the main thing was we like to play on the counter, but as the game started off. Madison like possession ball, but we were possessing the ball. They were trying to counter more. It's like we kind of switch identities to start off the game with, a, and it was a little, it was a little hectic and a little, a little chaotic to, to to be honest with you to start with. Um, it it made for some exciting, great chances, but it it made for a chaotic start to the game as both teams were literally doing the opposite of what they.
2: Normally. Yeah, I think you know,
0: we certainly have an idea of the the ideal version, I think, of what Darren wants to run out there. Uh, you know, like you both you know, were saying, it's the counter, especially, you know, counter through the wing players. Yeah, I think that first look is always, hey, can we you know, swing it you know, up and wide to Bologna? Can we swing it up and wide to Baldock, Let them, you know, work their magic, you know, get the burners on. You know, on the outside, and you see if they can you take someone and you be able to find Emmy, Neil, you know, whoever might be you crashing in through the middle. As a result, I think the next step and next evolution of this is can we be able to combine you know the solid defense and the effective attack? You know, I feel like most games we get one or the other. You know, we've had you know two nil nils. We've had you know the Greenville you know one nil because we put it in our own net sort of thing. So. We've shown we can, you know, lock down a game, but other than that first game against New England, it's either kind of been all, you know, all offense or all effective defense. And if we, the team can work to be able to combine them even at 80 percent, I think we can you know, start to see them really, you know, progress forward.
1: Yeah, it seemed like this team's been a lot of jekyll and hyde when it comes to offense. Like it's either on. Or a lot of times it seems to be rather off. And in the first minutes of this game, I think it was Belongues who had a great breakdown to the left wing. And honestly, I thought I thought we were going to start this game off with another goal like how we did against Braves 2 in the first couple of minutes. And I have to say, I don't know who Ford Madison convinced to let Brady come down just for this game. I don't know if it's in his contract. But it irritated me to no end to figure out that he was in goal for this game. If for this game alone because I really feel like it was for Madison, other goalkeeper who have started their other games. I think not only do we have a goal within the first two minutes, I also think Emmy has at least
0: another goal. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we need to you know, talk to the league about child labor laws, you know, especially across state lines. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, A little shady action going on, Chicago Madison, you know, corridor there, interstate commerce.
2: Yeah,
1: it was was a little weird, a little weird. Like, are we sure we can do this? Like, come on, (laughs) y'all. But uh, I feel like, I feel like Ford just asked for him to come down just for this game, be like, hey, look, you're not doing anything. Come get some game time this weekend. Like, uh, but. I mean, to start this game off with, Richmond did have I will say this throughout this entire game, I never felt like Richmond was I never felt like we were breathing down next like how we were in the Chattanooga game, where it was like we were sitting on the edge of our seat, you know, hoping like, oh God, I hope they don't score. Just kind of it felt like Richmond was in control of this game. And as long as we avoided a stupid error here or there, I never felt like Richmond was out of control of this game.
3: Yeah, it was basically that we we basically were in control. Um early on, like I said, with the with the run that Bolaños made, we almost made them score the own goal this time. Um with
2: Bolognos run that wing, cutting inside, getting very close to the goal and trying to, to Manchester City drop the ball back in front of the goal. He ends up passing the ball and deflected by Forward Madison player, and luckily there's another Forward Madison player on the goal line to kick it clear. But um, it 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 just goes to show, like to show you, like it was was guns blazing from the jump. um We
3: any time that they had an attack, and I wasn't really worried. Even that one save that that Akira made, it was pretty straightforward. Yeah. it's pretty cool. Matt Ford Madison had that one chance with the guy who, who you know, with the, with the volley um, that if that, then that probably would have been goal of the week, hands down, but it was in no danger of hitting the back of our net. Um, it, Like you guys said, um, defensively, we put on a good defensive show, but in the attack, I felt early on, we were, we were knocking at the door. We we're trying to break it down, but. Probably about 30 minutes into the first half,
2: it, it's it started to slow down. Came kind of a mundane, to,
3: you know, first game.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I'm willing to go so far as to say that, you know, we were in control the whole time. uh Certainly, I think the first, you know, 25, 30 minutes or so, uh Kickers had the better of the play, but I felt, uh, you know, throughout the whole game, it kind of was a steady, you know, slope, you know, downward in the amount of control. Like for that first ten minutes, it was one way traffic, you know, going, you know, in favor of uh, you know the good guys and everything. And it slowly, you know, chipped away, leveled out a little bit as you know we approached Blade in the first half. In the second half, I mean, didn't do much. You know, they had more of the ball. Uh, I don't think they were. I never really got the impression that they were going to seriously threaten. You know, score or anything, they had a lot of the same attack issues you know, that we've seen, uh, frequently you know, throughout you know, the year as well. Uh, but if anybody was going to score for especially the last half hour, so, it was probably going to be them.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I say like, feel like I control it, I just normally when I'm watching Richard Kickers games, it is nil nil going into like the last 20 minutes, I'm like you know, biting my fingernails, like sweating. I never had I I never had that feeling in this game. Yeah. yeah. I can
0: I didn't get on board with that. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, you know, not, not necessarily controlling the tempo of the game, but uh you know, certainly not threatened either.
1: Yeah. It, it didn't feel like it threatened. Um one matchup, you know, when I went back and rewatched the game that I kind of was able to keep an eye on as much as I can with all the camera work. Real quick before I talk about this matchup, let's talk about this camera work, which was all over the place. (laughs) I think there was like a twenty-second frame where he just zoomed into the middle of the field (laughs) where there was a second play
3: going on.
0: Well, that's the problem. Most of the time, it wasn't all over the place. Most of the time, it just stayed in one spot, even though
3: the ball (laughs) wasn't. It looked like it was a held-hand camera. I mean, the wobbling (laughs) that was going on every time that camera moved.
0: <laughs> yeah, there are definitely some like iPhone 3 Periscope app moments in there.
1: Very much so. Very much so. Look, we know this is the hidden Harvey, but the cameraman cannot be uh drinking before the game. You know, it was all over the place. But one of the matches that I went back and watched during this game was that of uh, Monty and Gerbar, uh forward Madison's winger, our uh left back. And it seemed like at moments Monty was trying to the real thing with Gerbart that I was focusing on was Gerbart likes to do this thing where he'll dribble outside and then cut back inside real quick so you can get a shot on target. And Monty seemed like he was trying to shepherd that out, but it seemed like he was struggling and he was he was struggling against Gerbard, for lack of a better term. Um if you guys watched this matchup, so what did you guys think about it? Do you think Monty did a good job of defending against Gerbard, or do you think Ger Jer- Hard got the
2: best of them
3: i mean i i think it was just a uh i think that was was basically probably
2: the real one one battle that was going on i think they were fairly evenly matched uh think times and sometimes he got beat and uh and i think out of the focus was going uh, every once in a while. You get these games where you'll have a focus on two players going at it, it just it play. Just and I think for this game, that was the game, that was the situation. This was one of those games where you know, was definitely up to the challenge, but he wasn't it. Yeah, I think you so. Gephardt was
0: definitely Madison's most dangerous player, you know, throughout you know the game. You know, Elliot, like you were saying, he certainly liked to you know set up shop over on the right side. You know, kind of you know cut in with his left, you know, kind of Robin you know style, Yarmolenko you know style, and you know look to see if he can get a rip. I mean, he scored a really good goal like that a couple weeks ago for them against I think it was Fort Lauderdale. So I think. We knew that that was possible, and yeah, you know, I think most times, you know, if you put uh, isolate a uh, you know, winger up against, you know, in a modern attacking fullback, the winger is going to beat him sometimes, and yeah, you know, that's okay. But I think what Darren's done a good job of doing is really setting up the structure to be able to have, you know, Yvonne basically right there to be able to help him out, you know, so that way, you know, you can shade him inside and just funnel him straight to, you know, Magalas and to help him, you know, shut that down. So I think that was, you know, a little bit of, you know, the plan. Okay. You know, let him run, let him get a little bit of a look. You know, we are going to have Zaha, you know, crashing on him. We're going to have, you know, Vaughn, you know, stepping up and, you know, make him have to be able to thread a good pass. And he didn't look for the pass that often. he, I mean, he's a guy who likes looking for his own. And he had that one chance that, you know, Kira had to make a save on around like 34, 35 Something like that, but otherwise, you know, it was all you know, hero ball.
1: Yeah, it seemed a lot of that before Madison. It didn't seem as if like the front three were really trying to play together as one, because um, for large parts of the game, I think for most of the game, Jake Keegan went non-existent. The other winger, Allen, really didn't have an impact on the game, and pretty much Cavo had no issues it really seemed like Gerhard was the one who was trying to create his own shot, trying to do his own things. I mean, also, I think this is their first game with full capacity stadium. And as you as I like to say, like what, over a year. <laughs> so, I mean, also maybe the moment we got to, maybe they're trying to show out, you know, they were uh, second half. I'm trying to remember, right? Yeah. yeah. Second half, they were attacking um, near the in, but, I mean, I give credit to the back four and Akira. Like they pretty much put out all the fires that they had to. Also, Wazaka and Flock back there. Which, by the way, Flock range of range of passing is amazing. Like there, yes. <laughs> there were a couple of passes yes. that he had. I, it was one I finally remember in the first half. I think he collects the ball right after Kara um, gets it off of a shot. You know, it was an easy shot, to collect had and he just rolls it out flop has it flop I don't think he lifts his head up it was like he automatically knows where bolnos is running he just pings it over like two defenders and just put it right on the on Bologna's left foot and I was just like oh he he's been working on this
0: <laughs> yeah I feel like we're saying this every single week you know too every week there's wow you know did you see that passage you know Victor made to be able to you know release you know Boulder, to release bolex to release Bolanos, you know, yeah, so the man is consistent and consistently strong in that area.
3: Yeah, and another yeah. thing is, it's it's not it's not that's not the case every single time he gets the ball. And like you said, it's
2: about the range of passing: short passes, mid-range passes, long passes. them on point, decision making when to go. When to play the ball short, when to drop the ball back. Just on point. I mean, he has been probably the most consistent player so far on the squad in terms of consistently good performance. He's not flashy, he's not gonna do any highlight real stuff, but he does his job so, so well. And it, it I feel like look, especially in terms of in the USL as a whole, it's overlooked how important. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys that every coach, you know, would probably have in like his
0: you know top you know two or three favorite guys on the team. And every fan, you know, most not to say every fan because playing fans are educated, but there's a lot of fans who would, you know, especially like the FIFA fans who would just want to drop him immediately because he's not gonna you know stuff the stat sheet. Yeah, he's yeah, he's
1: exactly. like our he's like the little engine. Of our of our car, you know, he just keeps everything going. Uh, he did it's he did a, a lot of a yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Um, another point that um for those who weren't on it, um, there was a Zoom between Ford and Madison, and Richard kicker supporters and Ford and Madison supporters. Point I was like, why is his jersey so much bigger than everyone else? And we were just like, we don't have a good answer. Maybe
3: did not ask
2: that like last week. <laughs>
3: <laughs> i just, i just asked that either it was last week or the week before i was like dude this dude his shirt, he, it looks like he gets a size bigger on purpose <laughs> yeah
1: he might be the uh oxen jersey that everyones trying to compete for because it might actually fit you
0: yeah, Just enough <laughs> for the people you know instead of, instead of all these like you know you know six foot two guys who end up you know wearing a size small god Yo, I would
1: never forgive Akwe for wearing... I think he had a... Uh, he normally wears a large, and he was like, oh, yeah, on game days, i like to wear a medium. And I was like, Akwe, why? <laughs> you do not need to be, like, busting out your shirt in the middle of the game, man. Like, it's okay. <laughs> I, mean, I always go size down.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, well, Victor does it the other way. Akwe goes a size down, Victor goes a size up. <laughs>
0: Victor's one of our European guys. Maybe, uh you know, this is you know just a sign that the styles coming. You know, we're getting the late nineties, early two thousands baggy shirt style ball soon. <laughs> I'm
1: here, I'm here here back soon. Probably here for that. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, so if you want to look at something that might have been a negative in this game, Emmy um, got another card and Zaka as well. There was a lot of cards in this game, more than I think this might have been the most testiest any Darby that we've ever seen out of the. Uh, few that we've had. But right now, the kickers are second in the league right behind South Georgia in yellow cards. Uh, South is on 28. Rich was on 21. Um, what do you guys think about that so far? Did they talk about style of play? Like, we're being reckless? Or do you think more, most of those are just technical fouls or just, you know, we're to get carded for.
3: I don't think in general we're being reckless. I think it's more so there are certain players
2: that I mean in terms of where they're not to play, it's going to situations where you have certain players who are not defensive players put in positions where they have to do defensive things, such as Tazaki lunging in for tackles. He's an attacking player and basically having the Richmond kickers Paul Skull and uh, you know you, you it's it's creating situations like that occasionally and i think it's more so on an
3: individual um responsibility of some of these players in order to make the right decision but i don't think it's a general um i don't think it's a general
2: situation we're putting ourselves in yeah i don't really haven't it. it doesn't bother me
0: you know to be honest i mean yeah there's a couple here and there that you could probably you know cut down on like you know and we could probably clean it up a little bit uh you know but yeah I'd rather have guys playing hard you know and you getting you know kind of stuck in it i think that's part of Darren's you know energy too you know he's you know you look back to the way he played when he was a player he was a energy guy he was a throw you know his body around you kind of guy you know so that's gonna you know you know come through you know in probably his preferred style more often than not but also what do you say like was it was 21 yellow cards? Yeah, twenty-one. Um, we're second. So, South Georgia has twenty-eight. So twenty-one in eight games—that's less than three a game. That's not a ridiculous, you know, number. You know, so if you're saying that we're averaging like five or six a game, okay, yeah, you know, that's something you know, to be a little you know, concerned about long term. But you know, under three a game, who cares? Okay. Um,
1: so another moment that probably caught Twitter. Uh, On fire was Don the Bologna's moment where he pretty much got a slide tackled out of the camera, literally at the moment. Uh, Right. I mean, the referee gave a corner for it, which I don't understand when his shoe is inside the goal box. Uh, What do you guys think about the moment? Do you guys think it was a penalty? Do you think the ref was right in giving it as a corner? What do you guys think?
3: That was a PK. That was a Stonewall PK.
2: Um is inside coming from that of the box and running through. Now, I can see the defender came to make it, but Bolanos was just quicker to the ball and literally poked it out of the way Justin. Contact happened. I mean, can't fake getting copped it. And that's what happened to Bologna. So, and that's it. Situation, I do not understand how you can call that in a corner, especially when the defender didn't even get a touch on the ball. The
3: direction
2: the defender is going in, there is no way that ball is going out for a corner if the defender gets a touch on it. Um. So, it in that situation, I think that was just a, a, a bad call from the left. I mean, they're
3: going to happen. Yeah. But those are one of those situations, those high profile situations that you didn't want. Rest yeah, run. I mean, I thought it. Was-
0: <laughs> I thought it was, you know, probably a penalty, but it's one of those where I didn't really expect them to call it. Yeah, because I think most referees, you know, have this fear of you know giving anything less than an absolute stonewall, you know, penalty, especially in the first half. Yeah, because I don't know if it's the idea that, oh, it's gonna change the game, it's gonna, you know, mess something, you know, mess something up. I'm gonna have, you know, to really try to even it out later on and anything. You know, like that. Uh, but right in yeah. front of the Mingo. Yeah. So I don't know if it was you know, something along those lines. I don't know if she just, I mean, maybe she didn't get a good look at it. And, you know, but yeah. I, I, I tend to believe that these things end up evening themselves out over the course of a season, you know, as well. So I'm not going to, you know, complain too much about, you know, one individual, you know, call as much as I would have liked it. Uh, you know, and, Granted, we've had issues with penalties the last couple seasons but uh i can believe we would have been able to convert a penalty uh and you yeah, have you know a nice 1-0 uh, lead and as we know in these games 1-0 is uh airtight
1: yeah yeah this is the uh first any derby that went scoreless so we still keep the cup um so another point of this game that pretty much you know with a nail nil draw you got to find some kind of positive in it Keys, another clean sheet this is our fourth of the season so far we're already um three ahead of where we were last year what do you guys think about think about that so far the defensive stability we've had four clean sheets and I believe this is what our eighth game eighth game of the year so far so so good so far right
3: yeah I think this is due
2: to um, Chrysler and 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 Magallanes just a chemistry and a partnership in the back. Um, um, they have been phenomenal since the beginning of the season. Um, I think they have really gotten themselves with you when you look at um, even Calvo and
3: um, Monty in that back four. It's just a situation where you have a back four that's stable and we, we have that stability. Um we have that that continuity of the same back four that we can put out every week. Um hopefully we can keep that going.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would add into that too, you know, Zach and Victor right there in the midfield to just muck everything up before you know Ivan, before Jalen have to really do much. A lot of the times, you know, those two guys, especially Zach, you know, make it the defender's jobs a lot easier, you know, because they're having easier balls to clean up. You know, they're not having to, you know, get you know, overrun and have to make a choice as often. Uh, so I think a lot of you know, credit needs to go to those guys on you know, the defensive performance overall. Yeah, four clean sheets. Another one where we scored on ourselves; they didn't score. Uh, so I want to count that as five, uh, you know, and we found that Fort Lauderdale game where, you know, we kind of didn't technically kick it in our own net, but we kind of, <laughs> we're basically at six clean sheets.
1: Took the college. You got to love them. You got to love them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah. I mean, the flip side of that, of course, is that I think, what is this now three or four games that we haven't scored?
3: yeah yeah that's
2: true.
3: but it goes this goes back to what you were saying uh earlier, Elliot, about this being the front line of the kickers being a bit Jekyll and Hyde type of mentality and type of personality. yeah, I mean, one day we show up, yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, I like like we say every week. The back four goalkeeper speaks for itself. You already know who you put in there, and I think right now, the midfield position, I think also speaks for itself. I think Zaka and, and Victor, barring injury, I think they're in that squad. So really, now is just figuring out, all right, who's going to be the front four, and I think if Durham wants to stick with this four-two-three-one or whatever, you know, four-one-four-one, I think Neil is a key component in that. I think then after that, you gotta figure out, okay, well, Bologna's is gonna speak for himself because he's been a constant on that left wing. So really it comes down to right wing and striker. And it just is really just figuring out, all right, do you want to give Hernan a shot? You know, we don't know what's going on with Stanley. I mean, we don't want to speculate. So, I mean, the moments we've seen him in, he he's looked good. He looked fine, but we haven't seen enough of him. Emmy's been hit or miss this year. Um, and Bollock's been uh, consistently inconsistent. Is the best way to put it.
2: Um, I think he's been better than
0: he gave him credit for when he was talking to you. Uh, I think he was a little unduly harsh on his own performance. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's not he hasn't been flashy like Bolanos has, but let's you know, think about what's really come down. Uh, you know, on his side, all he's on the defensive side.
1: Yeah, I think he's had the harder responsibilities defensively, um, especially not having him behind him, Calvo stepping in, you know, I I think that's been the hardest out, you know, for the kickers, really, and for him. Yeah, I I think it just really comes down to who you're going to put a striker, who you're going to put a right wing. And I think once Darren figures that out and we see, you know, that same starting 11 go three, four weeks in a row, I think the goals will start flowing in there. But I think if you have to constantly change it out, change a piece here, because, you know, like in the scene, if you change one piece, you are technically changing how you're playing. If you put that in, you're pretty much saying, all right, we're going long ball this week. And if you put Emmy in, you're saying, all right, we're playing a little bit more through the lines. We're playing a little bit slower. And that change of tempo, that complete 180 kind of throws everything off.
0: Yeah, and there's going to be a couple other changes as the season goes, too, because, you know, we were talking about, you know, those yellow cards earlier. is going to sit eventually because of, you know, yellows. You know, I mean, part of that's the nature of the position. If you're a defensive midfielder, you're almost a dead on lock to get suspended for yellow cards at some point, you know, during, you know, a long season. Uh, it seems like yeah, he's probably on the faster track, you know, to getting a game off <laughs> uh, that way, too. I'm sure a couple other guys will get there as well. Uh, again, not, you know, because, you know, they're, Dirty players, just because we're playing an aggressive style, you know, so that'll give you know, guys opportunities to be able to insert themselves, uh, take a crash with the position like Neil has. I mean, he would, you know, he missed the first game because of injury, and then you know has worked his way in you know, to the team. Where I don't think anybody even bats an eye when he's you know right there as a starter in the midfield now.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right, um, and I mean also like. Like we said, at the beginning of this year, we weren't healthy. You know, we were missing Zev, Devontae, Mumbai. And I believe – I think Mumbai's back fully. I think Devontae's coming back shortly. I don't know where Zev is. um, But it'd be interesting to see what – how Daryl kind of works around that, you know, see how it does. I, another thing that was good to see was um, Austin Kazi. He was the backup goalkeeper for this game. Um, you Know a visa wasn't there, so it's good to see you know the 16 year old at least get to travel with the team, be around the squad. If he's the I think he's
0: 18 or 19. If we're, if we're gonna you know, trash you know, them for uh, you know, you know, underage, you know, interstate, you know, minor <laughs> travel and everything, I'm pretty sure he's 18 or 19. He probably is, but at least he's
1: been on our roster since the start of the year. We need to just call right. him down because. Chicago was like, "Hey, we don't have a game this week. Here you go."
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: exactly. <laughs> I just want to give give him his uh, you know his due. You know, he probably is A.T. He probably
2: is. <laughs> yeah, he's obviously
0: listening.
1: <laughs> um. So yeah, anything else about this game before we wrap up? I mean, yeah, it's a nil-nil draw. It doesn't suck, but it sucks at the same time. If that makes sense. So, any last thing from you guys before we wrap? Uh, before we go into the uh, Union Omaha review, uh,
0: I think this is one of these where you know a point is a good point. We were talking about that well, a couple of weeks ago with uh, the North Carolina game, where it felt you know like a draw that was, felt more like a loss. It feels, I'm like, you know, not going to say it feels like a win, but it's like a lot more of an acceptable draw. You know, if that makes any you know, sense, you're playing a pretty good team on the road. Yeah, you know, if you go by the mindset of win at home draw on the road, you know, that's probably gonna help out long term. At the same yeah, time, some wins soon wouldn't be a bad idea.
1: Yeah. I I think at a certain point in this game, I think Darren was like, All right. You know, we tried not tried, but we're okay getting a draw out of this game. We're gonna definitely, you know,
0: not sit yeah, back,
1: but, but We're not going to overextend ourselves. Yeah, it became
0: more of a make sure you don't lose it. If you happen to win it, awesome. But make sure you don't you know lose it and come out with nothing.
1: Yeah. Um, Do I don't want to say that's Darren's philosophy, bro? Because we know how Darren is as a coach. He's definitely one. The definitely is going to try it. I I do feel like it was a kind of a smart move in that. You know, if you're not, why risk it if you don't got to come out there when they know no draw? Because all the pressure. Initially, is on forward. I mean, is their first is their home game with all the fans in the stadium. They're attacking at the flock in. You've already seen in North Carolina FC game how things can go at that end of the stadium. Don't put yourself in, the, in an unnecessary uh, situation.
0: Yeah, like, we were, like I was saying earlier, if you were kind of watching the game, you noticed it was kind of kept on tipping more and more you know, towards Madison as it went along too. So, uh, you yeah, know. it's – Part of it is, you know, okay, yeah, you can you know, roll the dice and go for it, but if you roll that dice wrong and it's already tipping the you know other direction, you might you know be putting yourself in a really bad spot. So sometimes pragmatism is the right answer.
1: Yeah, and also real quick before I know we, I've been and at just moving on, but Oleg's had nearly I don't know what it is about Richmond playing in Madison, and we have hundred yard sprints that do not end up with goals. Because
0: it is also a track facility,
1: <laughs> that is that is very true. Olex, yo, I swear when he caught it on the edge of the box and he broke, I think it was past Turbo. No, it wasn't past Turbo because Turbo's, no, he would
2: have
0: burned Tobin,
1: yeah. Um, I think who he burnt, it was, so, uh, Pato, I
0: it was uh, it's Pato, I think,
1: yeah, it's Pato because I think Pato really just gave. I think Pato was like, all right, if I can cut him out here. I could turn this back real quickly for a shot or a chance. And it didn't happen. And he's gone. And I'm like, oh, they're not catching him. Next thing I know, it's ushered out. I think it went out for a corner or a goalie kick. I can't remember. But
0: yeah, I, th- I think it ended up being a goal kick. I think you know uh, always kept on trying to if we're talking about the same one. I think always you know, kept trying to be able to find you know the corner to be able to turn and uh, I think it was uh you know Gustavo Fernandez was able to you know, kind of keep the right angle with him and you know, not let yeah. him make that turn on him.
1: Yeah. So, Richmond and 100 yard strength of Madison Stadium, are a reoccurring theme. So, well, that's it for the handy Darwin. The next one won't be till what September 1st. when we have two in the span of 10 days? Yay. Yeah, that was
0: three. <laughs> something like you know, three in a month or something, isn't it?
1: Yeah, three in a month. Crazy. It, it's crazy. So we go ahead, we play another bird this weekend on Juneteenth and also Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all of those out there. Happy Juneteenth to my people, you know, Independence Day for us. We play Union Omaha. Now, this is Union Omaha who Greg Hurst comes off of a hat trick um, in this game, and they're a little bit better running for him than what they were um, earlier in the month what are we expecting from or what do we, you know, who are some key players that fans should keep an eye off on and things like that?
0: All yeah, right. good. You know, they're, you know, they're top of the table right now. And part of that is the games played issue and everything, but you, even in that situation, you don't end up on top by accident. Right. You know, so they've you know been showing quite well. I think they only have the one loss the first time they played Madison all year. Uh you know, they went down Greenville got a draw you know with them earlier on. Uh you got a draw yeah, they beat him I mean they beat Madison the second time around if I remember you know correctly. So they've you know gotten results against you know legitimate you know teams. They're not just beating up on you know the Little Sisters of the Poor you know of the league. I mean they're beating them too which is why they're up on top. Uh you mentioned Greg Hurst. You know he's uh you if you're listening to this and you've been paying attention the last couple of years. you remember him from Chattanooga. You know, he was the guy who scored the first one on us in the last game of last season. He's kind of your semi, you know, I guess he's definitely playing center forward for them. He, uh but he's not, you know, your big back to the back back to the back to goal. I can't speak now. Back to goal. Center <laughs> forward. Uh you know, he's, you know, somebody who's willing to, you know, dribble. He uh you can be able to, you know kind of ghost around some defenders at times. but he's one of these guys who shows up in the right spot, you know, more often than not. So I think this is gonna be, you know, probably the biggest test that you know uh you know you know having to face thus far. You know, he's right up there with Mario Shlomus, you know, is probably the you know top like pure center forward, you know, in the league. You know, we were fortunate; we only had you know one half of Lomas, you know, because he, he uh, you know sacrificed you know because the red card in that game. Uh, so I think he's you know big one. New who's a good keeper. You know, he's you know a little bit more of your uh, you know highlight real acrobatic you know, type keeper. I think you can sometimes you know, get him on positioning a little bit, but he's going to probably pull you know pull off a really good save or two along the way. Uh, the rest of the team, it you know, they have a little bit more rotation that you know, they use you know, than Darren has so far. So not entirely certain you know, who we're going to see as the supporting cast necessarily, but those are probably you know, – you'll see you – know, uh, I have no idea how to say his name. You know, you know, Diomor, you know, left back, he seems to be a pretty key player for them you know, as well. So it's not going to be easy. No, it's not going to be easy. I mean, also
1: um- – uh, Vandercourt-Decker is back now. Um, I know that was kind of the case at the beginning of the year. He was kind of missing games here and there. Uh, I mean, Cersei is also another dangerous part. I think the other key component of this game is this is another team that plays four four two. In recent memory, has told you, Darren, not only Darren, but the Richmond Kickers has struggled against teams that play this high-pressing, high-octane 4-4-2. So it's going to be interesting to see how Darren gets his tactics right on the day to not only handle that high present, but then also be able to break it out Because I think that's the other component of where his team has struggled as has been breaking down teams. Who is he going to bring in to to look at it, to be to be able to break down the Zuny Omar team? I think Oleks will be a key component of that, and maybe also maybe Matt Bolduck more into more into a midfield position. Who knows? But it's going to be an interesting tactical battle. Like this is definitely a game I know I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it's just because of the tactics alone on both sides.
3: Yeah. Another you know, another thing. Um, oh, yeah. Another thing that worries me with that four four two formation. Um, past few games, I've been seeing several situations in which we have. That pocket
2: space in the midfield, where there's no kicker player, I don't know what the midfield three is supposed to do in that pocket of space, but it would need to be addressed because I feel that that pocket of space, being the way, we have possession or when we don't have possession, being able to on this 4 this four four two to be able to get around this four four two and go outside
3: to the wing because they have the 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 outside midfielders and they have full backs. We can't go outside to the wing without using the middle, and if there's no one in the middle, if there's this giant bubble of space in which you'll see maybe one or two opponents in place, there's just there's no one else marking them or there's no one else occupying that space we're not going to be able to play out of the back. We're not going to be able to uh, create any attack. Now, also, when we
2: are defending, that is also going to be another situation in which they can punish us from that position. Um, so I, I just, I'm just i just hoping that we can figure out how to occupy that, that midfield
3: space, how to occupy that area of the field. And maybe we would be able to... Um, Maybe we would be able to get a result out of it if we can get that situation taken care of.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's
0: definitely an opportunity to get a result. I think the other factor you know, that's always going to come in, you know, to play with Omaha and, you know, they've been playing a lot, away a lot so far this year, so it might not be that big of a you know, deal with them at this point. You know, their home field is a little tiny baseball stadium, you know, that they're you know, squeezing it onto. You so if you watched the other games last weekend, you saw a completely different look for them because they were able you to squeeze everything together and be able to play. You know, on something that is very different than what City Stadium is. City Stadium is a pretty you know decent size. You know, all grass, all natural you know grass pitch. You know, as opposed to baseball cutout, or as opposed to some of these turf fields. You know that that you've played on in Madison in Greenville other places. So I was looking at their schedule. They have played, you know, in Fort Lauderdale, which is a nice field, you know, admittedly, uh, you know, in a big field. Uh, and I don't remember which of the, you know, Toronto, Arizona stadium, you know, if you can even call it a stadium, you know, how big that thing really was or not. But, you know, at their core, you know, most teams are probably built around the idea of how they play at home. You know, and this is going to be a little bit, you know, different than their, Core piece, so there might also be the opportunity, you know, for the kickers to stretch them more than they would naturally be expected to to stretch them.
3: Yeah, and I I mean, their most previous game that 4 2 win against New England, um, New England, I mean, Gillette Stadium is a pretty big field. Well, no, they were at home, weren't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were at home. I mean, you're
2: looking at
0: You know what I'm when he they played what? New, New England, in New England, they scored almost the, that old school that he scored in New England. They scored almost the exact same style of goal, and that was their only goal that game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you look at their results, other than this last weekend, yeah, you know, their goal scored looked a lot like ours. You know, it's two, two, one, one, zero, one, two. You know, so this last weekend was the explosion for them. Beyond that, they played a yeah. lot of, yeah. or like a better way of put it, more classical
2: soccer scores.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, and also again, like going you, back to you, what you were saying, Elliot. Yeah. Well, I mean, going back to what you were saying, Elliot, uh, Hurst already getting a hat trick in that game. He's going to be on form. He's going to be rearing a go. And it hasn't been that long is he's going to try and continue as, as he was against new England. And we need, we need to shut him down. We need to to kill that momentum.
1: Yeah, most definitely. I mean, Hurst has been the one that's probably been the most dangerous person against, Against, I think, in the last couple of Chattanooga games and obviously last season. I think if, once again, the back row has shown they are comparable. I think if they can – we say it every week. If they cannot have their own error in this game and if they are allowed to play a solid defensive game, I think also a key in this is the ref. You know my rules If you put it in the ref hands, it's never going to be good. But I think if the ref allows for a physical game, I think it leans more in Richmond's favor. But yeah. I think if it's yeah. a game where the ref is pulling up the yellow card in the 10th minute and, you know, giving blowing the whistle for a ticky tack fouls, I think it leans more in Union Omaha's favor. And not saying Union Omaha is a finesse team, I think Richmond is going to need to be physical. You know we're gonna to have to win not the first ball, but the second ball we're gonna to have to win those cleanup balls and get the ball into our dangerous attacking players and make sure players get in space. I think another key thing is this is making sure Emmy has space to operate. He hasn't had space a lot this year to really operate and be free. So I think well, if that, we can find the space, I, I think it'd be good. Yeah, the,
3: the, pointing out the the, the space for Tazagi, I think that is because. I'm not gonna say that our wingers are too wide but they are too wide to provide terzagi with space if you understand what I mean if they if you have if we have certain situations i'm not saying all the time because the way they're playing wide is to a certain extent effective but if you have certain situations where they are cutting inside where they are getting involved in the middle or creating another defenders. You're creating another decision that a defender has to make. And that is where the space will be for Terzaghi. Because if you pull Matt up and Bolaños too wide, then you're ending up in a situation where uh, Terzaghi is basically isolated in the middle and it makes it easier for the center backs to litter up on him and including maybe their defensive midfielders or maybe one or two of their midfielders to add to that cluster around Terzaghi. So whenever he does win the ball, he doesn't have enough space to do something with it. So I think there, there needs to be some more support runs, some more closer support runs to Terzaghi in order to create space for him.
1: Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Well, regardless, it's going to be an interesting game like the last one was last year. We're just hoping that the injury bug doesn't hurt us like it did last year. Um so any last things? I know we got one uh question that came from a certain kickers legend before we wrap up, but from you guys any last things before we all uh, move on?
0: Should be a good game this
1: uh, yes,
2: weekend.
3: Yeah. That it, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be interesting. Um Union Omaha are new to the league. So it's going to be interesting to go up against them to understand firsthand what they're about. Because I've just been hearing and watching them play against other teams. I want to see how they play against the kickers.
2: the other
0: word of warning to everybody, if you get an email from somebody, you know, claiming to you know to be like you know uh you know from you know West Africa and you know wanting to be able to you know wire you money, you know, and change, you know, for meeting up later on and being able to get uh you know a love connection down the road. You think twice before doing that.
2: <laughs> so, hey, yo, okay. you know, so,
0: <laughs> context here, so <laughs> you know how their roster used to be one player bigger than it is right now. Because about three weeks ago, one of their starting defenders got himself arrested by the FBI you know, for basically running a honeypot scheme ever since he was in college.
2: <laughs> you know, your- <laughs> Slight, slight variation oh. on the classic
0: you know, Nigerian Prince, uh, you know, email scam, but basically the same concept. And he was targeting people in Indiana and West Virginia and other, you know, flyover place, you know, country, because probably those people are, you know, you know, easy marks, uh, you know, it will, you know, be a sucker for that because I guess they've just got the internet and haven't learned every scam over the last 20 years. Uh, but, yeah, so he's sitting in, uh, you know, federal prison at the moment waiting, you know, charges and all that. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, they like to be, you know, consider themselves the owls. I think they're really the catfish.
1: Oh,
3: this is brilliant. I forgot about that, too. I, I, I remember reading about it. I just completely forgot about it.
0: <laughs> Never forget. Oh, Never forget.
1: Yeah. That is hilarious. That
0: oh man! Yeah, wow. no. Somebody else right. that first one. I was starting off. You're like, "What the hell are you getting ready to say?"
1: <laughs> I, was I was like, like wait, "Wait, what?" It didn't click, and then
2: he clicked. I was like, I was oh. like oh. <laughs> "Oh boy!"
1: <laughs> oh man! If you haven't uh, read read the article on it, we'll we'll put it's it out on read. our Twitter's. It's a good read.
2: It's a good.
1: Read. It's a good read. <laughs> All right, y'all. Um, so we got one question. Came from kicker's legend, uh, Matt Delicott. Pretty well wants to know, this weekend is the 80th minute. It's nil-nil, so we're, we're hoping the game will be. <laughs>
0: might it what it might be. Uh, excuse um, me. I'm hoping we're up like 4-0 at the 80th minute. If, oh, yeah.
1: Probably so. 4-0, our way. It'll be great. But, you know, realistically, uh, we haven't seen a lot of those, so we're going to go realistically. <laughs> um, Pretty much you got him or Berkey on the bench. Who you putting in and why?
0: And he also said present day them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Shaneer, you um, see Berkey on the on the uh, you know coaching fields these days. What's he got?
3: Well, it's funny because literally just last not last year, but yeah, about a year ago, um, I was coaching out at Brian Park and uh, with uh, another. Uh, kickers legend, um, uh, Goodlett uh, at Veritas. And uh, Mike Burke was out there. And Goodlet said something that I've been thinking to myself ever since I started coaching. Mike Burke doesn't seem to have aged. Um, and, and it's like, <laughs> so... <laughs> but then again, you have the... Sh- killer striker's instinct of Delhi, and even with age that doesn't go away so that's a tough 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 choice I mean to be honest with you it, it would depend on how the game's going if it looks like we're creating chances but we just can't put them away I'm putting Matt Delicat in because he just put the ball in the box and he'll put it away if it looks like we're struggling to create chances I'm putting Mike Burke on because he seems to have not aged. He seems to have not dipped in terms of his fitness and health, so he'll be able to run at defense and you know cause create something. So, so that's my answer. <laughs> All
0: right. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm taking Delhi here. He's a little bit younger, uh. You know, but you, know, I think if we're in you know, that time frame right then probably want somebody who's going to be you know able to get you that goal like you're saying and you know if you look back through his history he's got a long history of late winners you know for the kickers and yeah. up at that position even if he's lost a step or four it's not gonna hurt us as much because realistically he's scoring is probably you'd be scoring with his head uh I don't think that you know. That's where you can get into the crafty veteran. You get into the right spot, sort of thing, and not having to you worry about you know your forty time, anything like that. Whereas you know Burke, I think you know Prime Burke would love to play under Darren. I think he would fit really well to his system. You know, where he's able to run at people and you know, take them on one on one. I don't know if mid forties Burke going to be a you know the same fit, especially if he's still going to probably. Be required to have some defensive responsibilities, which uh, he's never the biggest fan of it, you know, even in his playing days. So, I can't imagine how that's going to translate, you know, into this setting. So, give me Delhi, you know, give me uh, you know, Kicker's all time leading scorer coming off the bench shot to you know, bag home yet another winner.
1: Yeah, my answer is Delhi. Uh, it's really simple. I never saw Berkey play, I see Delhi play, and Delhi scored. That's my answer. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. That's it. Um, so we're going to wrap up this episode. I know it's a late one, y'all. We thank y'all for bearing with us. Life, work, everything's catching up. But things are starting to slow down. The summer's rolling around. The world's opening back up. Enjoy it, y'all. Yeah. Enjoy it. Also remember, get your vaccination shots and wash your butts. We you ain't playing. The virus is still around.
2: If nothing
1: else, wash yeah. hands, wash your <laughs> hands. Yeah, but y'all, any last things before we uh wrap up?
3: Um, just wanted to give a shout out to the Erickson family, um, especially after what happened this weekend with Christian Erickson over in Denmark. Um, that was a pretty scary moment and uh, is a reminder to all of us that. Uh, and and I, I know this quote has been said over and over soccer is the most important of the least important thing um it, it it isn't as important it, it, that situation was bigger than soccer was bigger than football and um a shout out to the medical staff that mm-hmm. basically saved his life on the field i don't um, think, a it shout out to, I think it definitely did yeah <laughs> definitely saved his life on the field. Shout out to the to uh the Danish team for um you know being such great teammates in that moment. Uh Finland for being classy opponents. Uh to the fans for being fantastic in the stands, you know, chanting his name, the call and response chanting his name. That actually gave me goosebumps and actually I had me tearing up a bit. Um so yeah, no, and you know hope for the best for Christian Erickson, hope for a speedy recovery and hope that it's not serious, not something that is going to affect him playing in the long run.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll definitely echo the, you know, incredible amount of uh, credit and respect to the medical team. I don't, personally, I don't think I would have, you know, having myself in that kind of a huge pressure situation where everybody in the stadium, everybody on television, you know, watching you, you know, with this really public figure, I don't know if I'd be able to, you know, Get the job done in that scenario, and they absolutely did. So, you know, credit to them. You know, they're you know doing their job. They're doing their job very well. Hopefully, they you know get some you know, recognition they deserve. Yeah,
1: yeah, most definitely, most definitely. That's why it's important to make sure you know uh, CPR. So, as yeah. always, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Twitter at River Ninety Three. Um, we'll check you guys out at the stadium. As always, this is Matt, this is Chenier, this is Elliot. We'll holler at you guys later. Keep us on the good side, guys.